Blog Talk Radio. Okay, listeners, I am just so delighted to chat with my guest here. Uh, his name is Bradley Jackson, and he's a very talented film director. And we are about to talk to a much-anticipated documentary about the iconic, legendary baseball pitcher, Nolan Ryan. And the title of the documentary is Facing Nolan, and it is currently running uh, in theaters, but it will be available on digital platforms on July 19th. So, Bradley, thank you for joining me, and I'm really just got can't wait to jump in here and be nosy with you about this film. Of course, thanks for having me. Okay, uh, as I said, this film is about the unconquerable Nolan Ryan, just just an icon, of course. Uh, but this film is even before it got national release, they understand that it already grossed. $320,000 and some change uh, on this first single night back in May. So I know you guys are obviously very happy with that early return. Yeah, very happy. Uh, Fathom, uh, Fathom Events put it out for one night only on, I think, about 700 screens, um, which is by far the widest theatrical release I've ever had. Um, and it was it was really incredible just to get all the feedback from all the people getting to see the film. Um, and yeah, it's been in, um, about a month, uh, last week it, it came back on about 70 plus theaters, mostly in Texas, but in some other locations as well. So, um, it's been really exciting to hear people's responses. Uh, I think just because people, a lot of people grew up with him. Um, I know I did, you know, as, as a kid growing up in Houston, Texas, um, <clears throat> you're taught at a young age that, uh, when it comes to baseball, there's nobody like Nolan Ryan. Absolutely. I was so sad when he left uh, the Astros because, like, oh, my God, we got to face him now. <laughs> so, <I know. laughs> well, yeah. okay. Uh, so how long in the making was this, this documentary, Facing Nolan? Great question. Yeah, I had the idea in July of 2020. Uh, just it, it was an idea that just popped into my head. Uh, I, I recently watched um, the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, and I was kind of struck with some professional jealousy um, of, you know, I, I wished I could have gotten to work on that film just because I was a big Michael Jordan fan. And uh, I started thinking, who is my Michael Jordan? Who is somebody that holds the same candle um, to me? And, and, you know, right off the bat, I just started thinking about Nolan and how – how he was a hero to me and a hero to so many people that I grew up with. And I was a bit surprised that no one had made a documentary about him. So July 2020 began uh, putting together a creative presentation to take to a producer that I'd worked with and he really liked it. And then we were able to make contact with some members of the Ryan family who really seemed to respond to our vision. And um, the, the hardest part was just convincing Nolan himself. He was not, he was not in the market to have a documentary made about him. Let's just say that. Well, because yeah, I can I can see that because you know he was a terror on the pitching mound, but he you know was a very private celebrity. With, with yeah, I, I don't think he even considers himself a celebrity, even though he knows he is. Uh, he just he's very he's a very normal guy. Somebody said it best to me. Uh, one of his old friends that I was talking to early on in the process said. Um, Nothing has changed about Nolan Ryan from his childhood except for the size of his bank account. 
was the only thing that's changed about it, which I think is pretty interesting to me. Um, for a, for a guy to retain, you know, for the most part to retain Mm -hmm. all the values and the personality and kind of his steadfastness and, you know, commitment to competition. Uh, it's, yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah, that bank account definitely has changed, for sure. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Obviously so. Well, now, okay, this documentary is just jam-packed with top celebrity names, starting with President George W. Bush. So give us the, just some of the other names that we can see. Yeah, I mean, George W. when you have a, a former president in your movie, that's already a nice uh, feather in the cap. But we also had, I believe we had eight Hall of Famers that we interviewed. Um, so we had, see if I can name them all, um, eight Hall of Famers and two should be Hall of Famers. So there's obviously Nolan, there's George Brett, Rod Carew, um, Craig Biggio, Randy Johnson, Dave Winfield, Pudge Rodriguez, um, and I believe uh, Roger Clemens and Pete Rose. I think I might be missing somebody in there, but yeah, a pretty impressive array of baseball legends. So, how, what what do you think it was that finally convinced Nolan to say, "Okay, let's do it"? I can tell you exactly what it was. It was his wife. Okay. Uh, his <laughs> wife Ruth, because um, apparently he said no. We we pitched my producer and I. We pitched directly to the family. We just and it, I sat in a room opposite his two sons and his wife, and they seemed to be all in for it. And I left the meeting going, "Oh, that one that couldn't have gone better." Um, and you know, some a lot of time went by, and we didn't really hear anything. And then they said, "Yeah, okay, let's do it." And then I, you know, a couple months later, I found out that the reason it took so long is because at first Nolan was just like, "No, I don't. I'm not interested. I don't want them." some young kids following me around with cameras, but his wife, I think, understood um, that his story is really interesting. And and I think a lot of the legends of his generation, um, like Bob Gibson and Tom Seaver, um, had recently passed away. And I think there was a bit of an urgency and uh, a desire to kind of enshrine the legacy of him in a, in a film. So how hands-on was Nolan and the rest of his family throughout the filming? You know, Nolan himself was not very hands-on. He's got his multiple businesses that he helps run, including he owns a, a minor league team in, in um, Round Rock, Texas. He uh, owns a cattle company and a beef company and a sports company. So he's, you know, other than sitting down for a couple of interviews and allowing us to follow him, um, a couple of days, you know, filming him on the ranch and a couple of times. He himself was not that involved. It was his son, Reed. Um, he used to be the former president of the Houston Astros. Um, Reed was very involved in a very positive way. Uh, a lot of times just in a way of like, oh, you guys want to interview, uh, you know, George Brett? Let me, let me make a phone call. Or you want to interview George W. Bush? Let me make a phone call. So having the Ryan family at our back was, was – uh, paramount to getting this thing done oh man that's a film director producer's dream right there goodness yeah it could but it could be you know i will say this it could be a nightmare to have you know the family so heavily involved but thankfully the ryan family um gave us creative they gave us creative control i mean obviously we couldn't go 
tell lies about Nolan, but we weren't really interested in doing that. So um, they they pretty much let us make the movie we wanted to make, and then we would reach out and say, hey, can you call, you know, Craig Biggio and get him to do an interview with us? And they'd be like, sure. So it was that that part of it was really welcomed. So uh, of course, people can find out more information while we're talking here. Just go to Facing Nolan. Dot com. That's the website for the film. It has its own website, and everything is there. So, okay. So, how far back? We don't. Of course, we don't want to reveal too much. But how far back do you guys go? All the way back to his hometown in Alvin, Texas, or or just where do you start? Yeah, we. You know, I thought to kind of Nolan kind of has this superhero quality, and so I thought telling a little bit of his origin story would be really entertaining. Uh, so we do talk about the Alvin days. We spent uh, a couple of days filming in Alvin. Uh, we filmed, we talked with some of his old friends and old classmates. And then we shot a day following his wife, Ruth, around in Alvin, showing us some of the sites. Um, but I think just understanding how a kid with no real, um, you know, back in the, back in the sixties when Nolan was coming of age, it wasn't like you, you could throw you could throw really fast, and then you put your clips up on YouTube, and then a scout showed up at your door the next day. There was no way to understand, you know, who is going to be a big baseball star or not. You just played, you know, you just played in your local leagues, and so no one had no real um, ambition to play major league baseball. And it wasn't until uh, you know a baseball scout happened to see him that his life completely changed. Uh, so I wanted to tell that origin story and tell like how he how he he really truly came from from a, such a small unassuming place. Yeah, Alvin, lovely little as they say bedroom community type town. I remember mm-hmm. my mom and I used to go there. It's, it was a place where they sold uh, fresh peaches, <laughs> and we mm-hmm. would often drive there and go get a big bushel of peaches and see the big sign, home town of Nolan Ryan, and it's just oh, yeah. really quaint uh, Texas town. Um, yeah. So, okay, what was it like after the finished product, the film is all finished, what was it like sitting down with the Ryan family and having them to view the finished product for you and the producers? Well, it was kind of funny. Um, Nolan didn't see the finished product until the day we premiered it at South by Southwest in Austin. Ah, okay. Um, he had seen some clips of it, and I guess said, for the most part, cool. And he, you know, he's not, he's not gonna. Nolan Ryan's not gonna write you a, a thousand-word email telling you how much he liked or disliked your film. Um, but his son Reed watched the movie probably 15 times with us, alongside us, giving us notes, asking his dad for, for you know, um, for, you know, accuracy questions about, you know, who, you know, when did you do this, that kind of a thing. So we really had his, uh, his son Reed as kind of our um, conduit into the Ryan family. And so that was really cool um, to have that level of access. Because at the end of the day, his son Reed, obviously he's his son, but he's also probably the biggest Nolan Ryan fan there is. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, of course. Well, yeah. now, okay, Nolan Ryan, his numbers as a major league power pitcher are just impeccable, of course. Uh, 
5,714 strikeouts, seven no-hitters, pitch, fast pitch of 108.1 miles per hour. Just We could just go on all day. But Nolan Ryan never won a Cy Young Award. I did not know that. That I was I'm shocked to know that. Um, did he ever express his thoughts and sentiments about that, or did his son or any of the family members? You know, it's funny. Nolan doesn't. No one will say he doesn't care, and I think he means it. But the person who cares is his wife. She's mad. She's still mad that he never won a Cy Young Award. Uh, and I think that's what made, that was an interesting aspect of the movie that I didn't expect when making it with how competitive his wife is. Um, she is the one that actually cares about his kind of legacy. And I think she, and she's the reason why he stayed in the game as long as he did. Um, you know, he was, if it had maybe just been him, he, there's a decent chance he would have quit after about seven years of play. Uh, Cause he was kind of not, he wasn't the Nolan Ryan you, you knew of. He was a very, he was a struggling pitcher. He struggled with command. He walked a lot of batters. He couldn't get consistent uh, starts. And uh, yeah, he was just not, you know, the pitcher that we know of. So that was an interesting aspect of the film. What do why do you think he did not get a Cy Young Award? It's, I think it's a couple of things. One, I think it's the fact that he was never on um, a truly great team. Okay. Um, I think the Cy Young is often given, especially back then, was given to teams that were in contention. And he, he was really only in contention um, probably the 1981 season or the 80 or the 81 season with the Astros. And he was weirdly on a team at that time where he was the number two starter. They had this guy, Mike Scott, who was just a kind of a five-year phenom who was just had one of those unbelievable years. And so I just think, and and then two, I think it's because he walked a lot of batters. Um, I think he just was, you know, we talk about it in the film, he struck out the most batters of all time, but he also walked the most batters of all time. So I think maybe that was another reason why, but. You know, at the end of the day, uh, I, I don't think he cares, but, uh, you know, I think it's hilarious that his wife still kind of harbors a grudge. Did it? Do you think that uh, out of all the people that you talked to, especially former teammates and coaches and journalists, sports journalists, journalists and such, is, is there a, among some people, do you think that they feel like he may be somewhat undervalued as a player in spite of all of these accomplishments that he did? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, he, uh, the guy who wrote the biography, on, or the um, he wrote a big biography on him, we interviewed him for the movie, and he said no one was undervalued everywhere he went except for the Rangers, and that's where he ended his career. Yes, I do think Nolan Ryan has always been undervalued. Even today, there are people who can look at his numbers and go, yeah, I don't think he cracks the top five pitchers of all time. It's like, well... How is that? How could you say? Like, how could you say he doesn't crack the top five pitchers of all time? He leads. His records will never be broken. He was the most dominant pitcher of all time, I think. Now you could. I, I think there's no. There's no world where he's not. He shouldn't be in the top five pitchers of all time. But there are lots of people who will make that argument that because maybe because he never was on a World Series team other than the Mets. Uh, I just. I don't know. I don't know what it is. 
I don't either. I'm just, I was just very surprised, and as I was doing my homework here to talk to you, I about the Cy Young Award deal, I, I, I said, man, I, is this correct? But apparently right. so, it, it is. Yeah, it's very shocking. Very shocking. Well, yeah. now, he played for, as you said, the Mets, the Angels, the Astros, and retired with the Rangers, Texas Rangers. So... Out of those teams, is there is it revealed or did he ever say, is there one in particular that he just really felt the most comfortable with or, or what? He, he went into the Hall of Fame as a Ranger. Um, I think because the Rangers, again, the Mets traded him away. The Angels didn't renew his contract. The Astros tried to give him a pay cut. And then the Rangers just, I mean, I think just treated him like the superstar that he was. So I think um, he identifies as a Ranger at the end of the day, which is unfortunate being from Houston and as an Astros fan. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's retired as, a, as an Angel, a Ranger, and an Astro. He's the only player... Um, other than Jackie Robinson, who's retired in three or more uh, ballparks. That is amazing within itself. Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember him so well. I remember going to some of the Texas Ranger games and seeing him in action and just uh, just phenomenal. Well, wow. Again, the yeah. film yeah. is facing Nolan. Bradley, you guys have done an amazing job. Uh, FacingNolan.com, again, is the website. So uh, being a baseball fan, obviously you both of us are, I see. Um, it, it must have been a, a personal victory for you to uh, be able to meet the Ryan family and Nolan himself and just work on such a cool project. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I, I always joke that I think ten year old, the 10-year-old version of me would be so proud, um, which is cool to say. But, I mean, there's – there are moments, you know, filming him in the back of, a, of an ATV while he's driving through his Texas ranch um, that I'll never forget, or, or, you know, going to the Baseball Hall of Fame up in Cooperstown with his whole family and filming him walking through kind of the Hall of Heroes where all the plaques are and showing his grandkids his plaque that's been retired at the, the Hall of Fame. Those are moments that I'll never forget. So getting to make a movie about one of your um, childhood heroes is it's pretty great. They say don't meet your heroes, but, you know, they also, if your hero is Nolan Ryan, I think it's safe to say that go ahead and meet your hero. Yeah, make an exception of that one, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So not many people get to have that type of an opportunity that you've had. And I know you're yeah. in rare air, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> well, if any, anytime you're even remotely associated with Nolan Ryan, that, especially being from Texas, that's positive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, finally, uh, next project for you, what can we expect from uh, the Brantley Jackson camp? Yeah, I am, uh, right now I am producing a documentary about the Billy Vanilli um, music scandal oh, from, the, from the early 90s. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I remember those guys. Now, one of them yeah. passed away. Uh, I yes. Okay. Yes, that's correct. Um, we, but we've been working very closely with, um, the surviving member, Fabrice. Fabrice, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and then we've been talking to a lot of the other uh, people who were involved with the, with, with the album, including, like, the backup singers who are incredible, 
the uh, the leads, uh, the the actual singers who sang, you know, the two parts that the two guys were were listening for, and then um, and then you know the producers behind the project. So it's it's a really fascinating, and I even hate to use the word scandal um, because I don't think. In a weird way, I don't even think it should be a scandal. I think we made it into a bigger thing than it was, but there's no denying it's it had its, its insane impact on the pop culture landscape. Oh yeah, no, I mean people who did not even were not even aware of their hit songs just from the uh, so-called scandal part, they just got yeah. on the train of of it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I can't wait. When would this one be ready? I think probably around this time next year, maybe a little later. Got to stay in touch with you, yes. Yeah. Got to have you back. Got to have you back on for that one. Well, again, the film currently right this minute is uh, Facing Nolan, and facingnolan.com is the website. Bradley Jackson is the director. Bradley, thank you for this piece of work. It's just, I just loved it. Loved it. Of course. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Okay, next year, me, you, and the Vanilli film. Let's do it. That sounds great. Okay. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.